Welcome to Glasgow Evangelicals Podcast. Thanks for listening with us today. Our hope is that today's sermon equips you to live the gospel joyously. Come along with us as we learn to live the gospel together. Some of you may or may not know our speaker today, but our speaker is uh, Titus Berggren. He is a missionary for Chi Alpha um, on the Butte campus, and so uh, I cannot wait for him to uh, talk with you guys today. I, I have huge respect for, for him and uh, his ability to bring us an amazing word. And so, But before, uh, before all of that happens, uh, he's got a little bit of a video to show us, and so, um, but Here's the deal. Uh, we, uh, I just want you to be praying for his ministry, um, kind of, and just with him. He's kind of going through some transitions, and some, not transitions out, but just, um, man, just uh, he wants God to do a fresh work in Butte, Montana. And so uh, that's what he wants you guys to be praying for. And I know he wouldn't ask that point blank. And so just be putting that on your prayer request for us for a really long time. And so... Um, just, just be doing that. And so I'm going to pray for you really quickly, and then we're going to start the video. Hey, God, I just want you to be all over Titus's heart, Lord. Uh, he's got a, uh, he knows exactly what you want him to say, and so just please be with him. In your name we pray. Amen. Good morning. Thank you for being here. Thank you, Pastor Seth, for the honor of uh, sharing the pulpit. Um, we are Chi Alpha. I'm here representing Chi Alpha. We're on over 300 campuses nationwide. So I'll share throughout the day or our morning together, I'll share a little bit about Chi Alpha, but intermixed with, uh, with what I believe that God wants to challenge you with. And, and I know Pastor Seth asked me, let's talk about missions in our own backyard. And so that is the theme this morning and, and something that I'm even trying to process again in my own life. What does it look like and what does it feel like and sound like? And, and so... I, my prayer is that each one of us would leave here deeply encouraged by what God wants to do through you in your own backyard. Um, and so we'll see what he does, and, uh, and we'll, it'll all be an act of worship. Sound good? So I always forget this part. I'm a horrible missionary, I guess. I need to introduce my family. I only have one, one of my family members here. Isaiah, go ahead and stand up. This is my 14-year-old son. He's kind of shy, but at the same time, he loves being introduced like this. Go ahead and give him a wave and a smile. You're good looking. There you go. And uh, my mom and stepdad, Debbie and Marv Bethay over here. So uh, I'd just like to make that connection. You'll hear a little bit more about uh, how my mom has fought for me uh, to be serving the Lord even today. Uh, so, yeah, amen, amen, amen. Uh, your current series right now, Worship with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. If you have not been here, please, I know it's available online, please go and listen. Um, and I'm actually pretty honored that you took a break from that, because I think if I'm following you right, next week is strength. Worshiping God with all of your strength, and I'm telling you, uh, the resource there, please use it. Um, I didn't know, Brian, but I've kind of met you because I've been listening uh, to your services just to see what God's doing here and things like that. And, and then I finally met Brian in person this morning, uh, and he shared a story uh, of near death and, and hunting kind of all together. You'll have to talk to him about it, but I'll just say I met Brian this morning. 
And I was freezing cold after he told that story. Just, I was cold. I'm still trying to warm up from his story. So I'm honored to be here. But please, if you worship God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength, like the result of that is missions in your own backyard. That's the result of that. So everything that you've been preaching on the last three weeks and, and probably next week, I don't know exactly if that's the case, but it sounds like it is. Missions is a result of that lifestyle. So that's where we're going this morning. And I get excited about that. And we need help in this, all of us do, to live this missional life that I believe we're called to. Let's look at Acts 1.8. We're going to, I apologize for this, if this is not your style. A lot of times I'm expository. Today we're, we're going to jump around uh, a lot, so I, but it's good. The, the, the word is good. You have my permission. Write down every verse, please. Go home and look at them. If you feel like I've taken them out of context, then don't let that sink in. Does that make sense? And maybe even let me know so I can change uh, maybe some things. So write these down and make sure as we're jumping around that they're not being abused because we don't want to do that. But Acts 1.8. But when you receive power, when the Holy, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all of Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And I will say this briefly, won't spend a lot of time here, but we still need the power of the Holy Spirit today to bring the same gospel to our neighbors. We need His power. And it starts here. This is Jerusalem for you. And we won't get too deep into that passage, but let's read one more. Matthew 28, 18 through 20. This will kind of set the table. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. Now this idea, make disciples, that sets the table. This is missions in your own backyard. So... Uh, Let's throw up a Greek word. So, Tony, the next slide is the Greek word, make disciples. Disciples. And I just wanted you to grab a hold of this definition. This is really important. To disciple, i.e., helping someone to progressively learn the word of God to become a matured, growing disciple. And I wanted you to see that. Go ahead, take a look at it. That's, so, therefore, go and make disciples. Therefore, go and help someone to progressively learn the Word of God so they become more and more mature in this faith. It's the most important thing that we could grab onto is Jesus and His Word. And so that's where we're going this morning. Missions in our own backyard. Uh, in, in this context, we see believers are training others in the way and the story of Jesus and His good news. And as that happens, lives are changed. They're transformed. A lot of you could say, I've experienced a changed life. My life is different. I know Jesus now. Some of you are here, and maybe that's not your story yet. But I, I, I encourage you, look into this life of Jesus. And when you meet him and you surrender to him, your life will, will be transformed. You will be a new creation. 
in this whole discipleship thing is helping people from wherever they're at to get closer to Jesus, closer and closer to Jesus. And you all have a role in that as a believer. Missions in our own backyard. So check this out. If you like taking notes, it's a good idea sometimes. But this, write this down. Discipleship, with this in mind, could be considered training someone in the ways of Jesus to the point where they want to live their lives to go and make disciples. So how do we know the discipleship process has happened? Well, the person that you're teaching about Jesus, they want to go and make disciples now. That's when you can say, okay, I think, I think we have the heart of God now in this. And until that point, until that person is, is excited to go and make disciples, that's why Pastor Seth, I loved it, that on your prayer cards, your people are saying, please pray for so-and-so. They don't know Jesus. So this is a church, apparently, that, that gets this. And I just, so all I need to do is just stir it up and encourage it then. Or maybe some of you need to be reminded, like, this is the way to live. That's how, there should be hundreds of those, those kinds of requests as we live this way. Please pray for so-and-so that they'll come to know Jesus. And so I want to share three words with you this morning. They're going to help us live missions in our own backyard. And, uh, and so that's where we're going to jump around a little bit, and, and that's kind of how we'll handle the next few moments together. So let me pray, and then we'll get into these three words. Jesus, we do invite you and we ask you to work on your behalf for your glory, Jesus. Please use my words, use your word to challenge, to equip, to train, to convict. God, we're here to listen to your voice. So please, God, you know each one, you know the circumstances and the things we came with. We just want to surrender to you now as we think this theme, missions in our own backyard, what does it look like? And so God, just allow this to stir our hearts. As we gather together, we want to do that in a healthy way so that when we scatter, we're just, we're living missions. We're on mission. We're seeking to go and make disciples. We're seeking to be a witness of your goodness. So Jesus, let it be so. In your mighty and holy name, we pray these things. Amen. Amen. Are you with me? We're good? Word one, note takers. Find. Find, feed, and fight for. Those are the three. Okay, I realize fight for isn't one word, so four, we'll call them four words. Find. This is huge. Missions in your own backyard. Find. We have to have this. As Jesus was walking by the, beside the Sea of Galilee, this is Matthew 4, 18 through 20. As Jesus is walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Fishers of men. Finders of men. And we need to understand in this context, right? For these men, fishing was life. 
I'm sure some of you guys are thinking, yep, I'm, I'm probably pretty good then with God. Fishing is life for me too. Four pecks right across the street. This was their life. This is fishing as a lifestyle. It's every day. It's life or death. If we don't fish, we don't have income. If we don't fish, my family doesn't eat. You realize the context is so important here. We, me, maybe not all of you, but me, when I hear the word fishing, there's a difference. It's vacation mode. It's, yeah, that's kind of fun if I'm with some buddies and I have the time. It's a good experience. Maybe a few times in the summer. It's fun activity. See, sometimes we take this idea of fishing for men in the same casual context. We can't do that. We have to understand what these fishermen were hearing. When Jesus said, I'm going to make you fishers of men. And they're going, well, fishing is everything, Jesus. And Jesus is... I'm sure saying, I know. I know it is everything, and I'll teach you to fish for men. It's everything. They need a Savior. Man needs Savior. And we need to find them. There's a lot of this passage that we could get into, but the fishing for men, find. The word find. You go and find the fish. Some of you are really good at that in actual fishing experiences. Some of you maybe are like me and you don't know how to find the fish in actual fishing experiences. But what does it look like in your life fishing for men? Another, another verse, the word find, keep it in your mind, story of the lost sheep, Matthew 18, 12 through 14. What do you think of a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away? Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go look for the one that wandered off? And go look for the one that wandered off. Find. And if he finds it, truly I tell you, he is happier about that one sheep than about the 99 that did not wander off. In the same way, your father is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. Can you understand as a Christian, as a Christ follower, to go and find is so important. Amen? Let this word sink in missions in your own backyard. Find. Two years ago, God sent myself and the Calpha team that I was leading. We went fishing all the way to the foothills of the Himalayas or the Himalayas. And we found a lady named Guy. We'll call her Guy. We left a major city. We headed to the foothills where we would stay in a village where the local M worker and the ex-chief had built this relationship. And so we were hosted by this village. And the second night we were there, a few of our team, we, they went out to a neighboring village. They just wanted to meet people. The whole idea was to meet people hear their story, share our story. And so that's going on. And that picture, you can show it now. Thanks, Tony. On this outing, the daughter of a family who invited the team in, they invited them in for tea. And our team was like, okay, reluctantly, cautiously, yeah, we'll, we'll go in. And they shared tea with them. 
And then the story sharing begins to happen. And so on this outing, Guy, who's in the picture, she's the daughter of the family that, that invited the team in, and Guy was just intently listening to every word that Sierra shared. Sierra was on our team, and she began to share uh, of her life and some of the brokenness that was there, and then how God came and, and redeemed that, how God came and fixed that, and Sierra's sharing her story, and Guy is just locked in. And at the end of it, Guy begins to share her story. We learn that she's in a broken marriage. Her husband is abusive. She's a young girl, a young lady. And so Guy begins to share with the team her story because she connected so deeply with Sierra as she shared hers. And then after stories were exchanged, the team brought the gospel in because Guy knew there was something different. There's something that Sierra had that I, I need. And so they were able to share very clearly the love of Jesus Christ, the sacrifice of Jesus. And Guy began to understand how deep God's love is. And then the team asked, can we pray for you? Can we pray over you? And she allowed that to happen in her home. And, and the Holy Spirit began to work in Guy's life in an amazing way. That night, as she began to understand the love that God had for her. An amazing story. If you seek to live a missional life, the word find has got to be in the context of your life. Find. Are your eyes open? Are you looking for where lostness is? Where there's darkness? They don't know Jesus. And it is in our own backyard. I work on a college campus. There's darkness there. There's lostness in our own backyard. God brought us all the way to the foothills of the Himalayas to find Guy. But wouldn't it be weird if I only waited to go find her there and at home I'm not living that way? I'm not trying to find anyone I can and everyone I can, right? So in our own backyard, find, find, find. A couple pictures here. The events that we do, so a little bit of Chi Alpha. We do events on campus. Why do we do that? Do we do it because it's cute and, and fun? No, fun is the icing on the cake. We do it so we can find people. Where are people that would never come to church? I want to find them. Come around us. Here's an event. And so my team is, they know that they, they should be looking I need to find people who don't know Jesus, right? So in your own backyard, what can you do? What are you doing to find people? Amen? Are you asking God to use you to find the lost? And that's, that's a personal question, but it's also like with brothers and sisters in Christ, that's a public question. Have people in your life that are asking you, are you finding lost people? Is it on your heart? Can you submit a prayer card that says, pray for so-and-so who needs Jesus? I found them, and I'm praying for them. Amen? Love it. Are you asking God to help you find the lost? No. Here's the deal. Second word, feed. Find, feed, fight for. My friend Ben, he is super talented on his trigger. Any trigger people in here? Love the Traeger. Yeah, a few. Not as many as I thought. All right. 
guys are on the farm, you're like, we just use the fire pit. That's what we do. We're men. Trigger. That's city stuff. My friend Ben, he's so talented on that thing. He makes a brisket. It, man, just thinking about it, it may, he'll, I'll get a text message like this. He'll say, prime rib, prime rib. I'll get text messages from him. Titus, what are you doing tomorrow night at 5.30? And he'll show me a picture of this brisket he's preparing. It's like a two-day process for Ben when he gets this ready, right? I love those times when Ben finds me through a text. So step one, find. And he says that. What are you doing tomorrow night at 5.30? And I know where this is going, right? I'm like, nothing. Schedule just opened up, Ben. What's up? What do you need? Well, I got a brisket. What if, what if Ben, what if I show up to his house and it's 5.30 and me and my family, we come in the door and he welcomes us and Hey, man, good to have you here, all this stuff, you know, and come have a seat. Let's hang out. I look at my watch, and it's 5.30. Ben's like, what do you want to do? I'm going, well, what do you mean? It's 5.30. You texted me, so you asked what I was doing at 5.30 tonight. I just thought we'd hang out. You kidding me? you kidding me? Where's the brisket? <laughs> I understand Pastor Seth likes a little barbecue or even, yeah, just culinary in, in general. Learning. It's awesome. What? Nothing, Ben? We're just hanging out? You want to play cards? What if Ben did that? When you spend time you're intentionally trying to find people? When that happens and they actually give you the time of day and that relationship starts, the question is, what are you feeding them? You have anything to feed them. Will you feed them? And now we're talking about spiritual food, right? Feed them physical food, yes, please. But often, aren't we like that? We get them, we find them, we're really good at that. But then, we don't have much to feed them. We need to talk about that. Find, feed, and fight for. Here's feed. John 6, 33-35. For the bread of God is the bread that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. Sir, they said, always give us this bread. Then Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry, and whoever believes in me will never go thirsty. Anything that is missions is centered on this bread of life, King Jesus. Amen? Are you with me? So what are we feeding people? What are we giving them? Is it Jesus? It's got to be. It, it can't be from us. It's got to be Jesus. 
What am I giving my neighbors? It's got to be Jesus. He's the bread of life. So if you're finding them, please have Jesus to feed them with. He is the bread of life. If we're intentionally finding people, we need to be just as intentional to feed them Jesus Christ. It's not enough just to find them and, and then feed someone, and this happens a lot, I think, in our lives, but we feed them a steady diet of nice person, and you're helpful, and maybe I'm different because I don't cuss at work, and you're feeding them those things. Those aren't bad things, but they need Jesus. They need this name. Jesus, we're feeding them the bread of life. So what's the big idea here? Here it is. Each of us has spiritual needs. We are made in the image of God. Even my atheist friends on campus are made in the image of God. They are, they are designed to worship God. They do not know life until they are worshiping King Jesus. So that's the big idea. They have spiritual needs. And I want to feed them Jesus. So we should talk just a little bit, and you can write down your own things too, but what are some of the spiritual needs of the people in Glasgow, the people in St. Maria, the surrounding areas? What are the spiritual needs? I think the, the broadest one is that we need Jesus. We need to know that he's paid the price and then respond to that and he can make us a new creation. We need to confess sin. What are we feeding people? We need to experience how much God loves us. Guy was able to experience that. We need to keep in step with the Holy Spirit. We need to use spiritual gifts as God has given us. We need to talk with God. There's spiritual needs all over this town. There's spiritual needs all over your workplace. What are they? What are we feeding people to meet those needs? We need to be a part of the larger body of Christ. That's why it's good that you're here. It's good that you're practicing being together. These are spiritual needs. You can write down some of your own. Just think of your context. What are the spiritual needs around you? And then are you feeding Jesus to, uh, as the, the solution to that hunger? Because he promises he is the bread of life. When you feed on him, you will not go hungry. Every spiritual need that you have will be met in Jesus. The same is true of your friends and your enemies and your family. Jesus, we celebrate that name today. It's the only way that real hunger is satisfied in a true deep way is this name of Jesus. And so I ask, let me make this statement first, sorry. As you're feeding people, you got to remember this. God's worked in your life. You're at the point where you want people to know him. You want to go and make disciples. You want to find them and, and, and feed them and God has done stuff in your life to get you to that point. So here it is. What, what God does in you, we say this in Kyle for a lot, what God does in you, he also wants to do through you. 
For example, if God has healed you of, of a serious pride issue that you had in your life, and God just took that away, and God showed you how, how sinful it is to be so prideful, see what God did in you? He wants to do through you. He wants you to go minister and feed people, maybe who uh, they're struggling with pride. He wants you to feed them the word and feed them, hey, let's fight this together. This pride thing, man, it's, it's killing your witness. So what God does in you, he wants to do through you. And feeding is not self-help. It's not self-security. It's not better marriages. It's not money management. These are all good things, and we can help people in them. But please understand that feeding is Jesus Christ. We need to give them the bread of life. It is what has changed our lives. That's what people need the most. Amen? It's Jesus. We've got to look at everything we do and find Jesus in that. And if he's not there, then maybe we should spend time elsewhere. This is a missional life, like everything. Guys, this is everything. Why do you farm? Well, at the end of the day, it's your act of worship. It's for the glory of God, right? So everything we do is missions in our own backyard. And I'll tell you what, when you live that way here in Glasgow, and you're ready, you're ready to go to Guatemala and live missions there too, because that's just where you're at. That's where you happen to be. So you go and make disciples there too. But you've been living it here in this context. Isn't that awesome? Man, that's what God wants for us. That's what he has for us, to live this missional life in our own backyard. And then it goes throughout the world, and it changes things. Feed, 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 feed. It's so awesome when God uses you to feed someone the things of him. Maybe you're feeding an unbeliever the truths of Jesus. Maybe you're feeding a brother or sister in Christ just with some spiritual growth opportunity. Here's the challenge. You need to prepare yourself to set the table with good food. Now, my friend's brisket, I know, I know I will be taken care of. Can the friends in your life who don't know Jesus, can they be confident that when you set the table before them, spiritually speaking, they will encounter Jesus? That's for you. That's for you to live that way where they just know, man, if I'm around so-and-so, I will be around Jesus. Here's the key here, John 15, 5. I know we're jumping around. One more word to go. I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That gives us that context that if you are not remaining with Jesus, you have nothing to feed them. You might feed them your opinion, your thoughts, your feelings. All of that's valid and, and relevant, but it is not important compared to feeding them Jesus Christ, the bread of life. So prepare yourself by spending time with Jesus. That way you can set the table with really good food. And they take a bite of it and they, wow, that's amazing. Wow, God loves me that much. Wow, yeah, I didn't see the pride in my life. Or wow, thank you for bringing that up. Why? Because as you minister to people that way, you have prepared yourself to be able to set a good table of spiritual food. And you might think, well, that's not for me. I'm just, 
you know, I just go to church. That's, we're challenging that thought. This is missions in your own backyard. This is every single one of you. This church has been a blessing to me and sent me to the campus at Montana Tech. That's my mission field. Yours is right here in Glasgow or St. Marie, or wherever you, where you come from, Wolf Point. I met someone from Wolf Point. Missions in your own backyard, and, and you've got to be, by practicing the presence of God, learning to set a table with really good food on it spiritually, and you're ready to minister to it. You're ready to serve it and to help people understand the truths of God. Find, now we have something to feed, And feeding is important. Let me, let's read one more verse, Tony. It's Colossians 3.16. This is the feeding idea still. It says, Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. I want to introduce you to Jasmine. She's actually in our recent newsletter. You can throw that picture up there, Tony. This is Jasmine. She's a freshman at Tech. I was convinced that Jasmine hated Chi Alpha and that she hated me when I first met her. I was just convinced of it. She'd walk into our worship services. You wouldn't get a single word out of her. Hardly a hello. She would go and sit down at the table by herself. And it was so difficult to talk to her. And I, I tried really hard. And this part, it just, you feel chipped away at, you know, after years and years. I work with mostly engineers at Montana Tech, and they're a different breed. Some of you are engineers in here, and just a whole different breed of campus. But this is even beyond that. Sometimes I, I would just go sit at the table with her right before service, and I'd try to have, have a conversation. And I'd usually just submit to the awkward silence that her and I would experience. All right, I can do this too. I'm sitting at the table with you though, not leaving. Just want you to know you're not alone. <laughs> right? Well, the second night she came to our worship service, this is this year, I felt like God wanted me to speak discipleship over her. And from a brief conversation I had with her previously, I knew that she was a Jesus follower, but she didn't seem to be too excited about him. And so after service, I, I chased her down, and she was trying to leave. And I tried to strike up this simple conversation, and as I knew it would go, it didn't go real well. But then I, was, I just felt like, you know, God needs me to do this. I really feel like God needs me to speak discipleship over her. And so instead of the small talk, I looked her in the eyes, and I said, Jasmine, I want to share this with you. You take it or leave it, whatever you want to do. But I really feel like God wants to use you in the discipleship process. Because you're a believer, aren't you? Yeah. Well, then discipleship is for you. You can influence this. And I just, man, I went, I went after it. Discipleship, discipleship. You can influence this campus. You can bless people. You have a story, Jasmine. Your voice is silent right now, but it, God wants it to rise up. I'm sharing this with her, and she's looking at me like, okay, okay. Then I was done. I was like, thanks for letting me share that. You know, have a good night. Thanks for being here. As she walked away, I'm going, that girl will never come back to Kaiapa, ever. <laughs> like, that was my last moment, and I went for it. I just went for the jugular. 
Well, she came back the next week. And then she went to fall retreat. And at fall retreat, I began to teach her things of God more and more. She's been a believer for a year. Seth, are we done? <laughs> I just, I, kids, you're awesome. Where are the teachers at that just walked in? Where's all the teachers? Raise your hands. Teachers? Just all the kids walked in? Okay. Thank the teachers wherever they're at. Like, blessing, yes. You've got a healthy congregation. So Jasmine and I, we just began to talk, and I'm feeding her, feeding her, feeding her. I said, Jasmine, have you ever prayed out loud? No. You've been a believer for a year? You've never prayed out loud with the brother or sister? Nope. I said, Jasmine, I think that's an important part of faith. I'm feeding her. Just simple little things, right? I believe prayer is powerful. And it's not just between you and God. That is part of it, huge part of it. But it's also you and your brothers and sisters. Get to interact in prayer. Invite God to work. And I know there's prayer warriors in this church too. And I love the fact that you guys pray for our ministry. I'm honored to be like a part of that. And I'm feeding her. Jasmine, you see now the importance of praying out loud? Yeah, I do. Jasmine, do you want to pray out loud? No, I don't. Jasmine, do you think you should leave this conversation until you practice this, this awesome gift? No, I don't think I should leave this conversation, Titus, until I pray. I said, all right. I said, let's pray. She just looked at me like, oh, my. And I said, oh, we'll just wait. I said, you talk to God, whatever's on your heart, let's do it out loud. Then as a brother, I can agree with you. And she prayed her first prayer out loud. And I was honored to be there and to listen. And she confessed some things. and, and, And then she prayed for my family. So the first Things she ever prayed for out loud in her spiritual walk and her faith was like for my family. That's powerful. Because I believe the, the, the prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And here's this young girl who's being fed things of God and growing. Amen? That's what it's about. So what do you have to set the table with? It's all about Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And then last thing, and we'll be done, fight for Fight for, feed, find, feed, fight for. First John 3.16 really sums it up well. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. What Jesus does in you, he's done this for you. He wants to use you to do for others. Not that we die for their sins. We can't do that. But we can fight for people to introduce them to Jesus Christ. That's the fight for. That's what we want to do. We know that His love, because He laid down His life, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. So it starts here in the church. Fight for each other. Fight to bless them when they're beat up, discouraged, down and out, struggling. Fight for Are you willing to fight for those who are lost? Are you willing to fight for those who have walked away from God? That's one of my stories. Are you willing to fight for a brother who's just living in nominal Christian life and you're going, I don't want you to live nominal. I want you to be on fire for God. Well, go fight for that person. I know you can fight. I heard your story. You're a fighter. You're still alive. Fight for people. 
And I love the mention of foster care and all that stuff, Pastor Seth, in your church. We've been fostering for three years now. There's, there's an opportunity to fight for. Fight for. That gets me excited. There's a picture, Tony, of some brothers praying. This is one of my student leaders in the red. His name is Curtis. He's fighting for his brothers in that picture. He's praying against addictions in that picture. I'm telling you, most of us know this, but man, our kids are growing up with a screen where porn is easy. I am so surprised when I meet a college student who can tell me I don't struggle with porn. I'm just, really? Curtis is fighting for his brothers in this picture. Saying, God, give them strength. God, help us encourage each other. God, help us fight this battle well. And he doesn't just pray for them. He stands with them every single day. He's just blessing people. That's my student leader, Curtis. Love him to death. He's awesome. How do you fight for people? You invite them to church. Great start. Invite, invite, invite. It's one way to fight. I was invited to a retreat. That's where I really encountered Jesus as a college student. And it changed my whole life. How do you fight for people? You pray for them. My mom prayed for me every single day when I was living this drunken lifestyle in college. She never backed down. Not one day did she not pray for her son who was off doing his thing. Not one single day. So how do you fight for people? Invite. Pray. You spend time with them, inviting them into your life, and you get into their life. That's how you fight for each other. That's how you fight for people. You deal with a mess, the mess, whatever mess is in their life, you go fight for them. Does that make sense? I'm going to fight for, fight for. There's, I'm going to skip this last story, but there's a student on campus right now that I'm fighting for. He knows Jesus. He's battling this addiction with alcohol, and I'm telling you, I'm fighting for him. And I'm calling, I'm spending time with him. Even when he's in a drunken stupor, I go over, Titus, I don't want to be alone right now. I can't be alone. Titus, dump the bottle out. I'm going right there, man. I'll be at your house. Give me two minutes. I'm fighting for him right now. Calling him, texting, how you doing? Will you go get help? Can I take you? Fighting for him. Who are you fighting for? Inviting, praying for, just getting in their lives. Amen, amen, amen. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be done. Find, feed, fight for. Missions in your own backyard. Pastor Seth, I don't know if dinner's like burning out here right now. Do, can we, should we take five minutes to respond? I, here, here's what I'd love to do, you guys. We do? I would love... <laughs> You guys are like, don't tell him that, Pastor Seth. We don't trust this guy anymore. He's talking, talking, talking. I, I really think we should respond. Find, feed, fight for. Missions in your backyard. What I would love to do is have the worship team come up. And as they do, I want you to reflect on these words. And I want you to ask, where... Where do I need to grow in, God? What, which of these three words might I be lacking? Maybe it's the idea of finding. Maybe you're just always around Christian people. You're so comfortable around Christian people. If I asked you, 
you know, who in your life doesn't know the Lord that you, and, and you, you really love them? You don't have anyone. Well, maybe finding. Let's respond that way and say, God, help me be a finder. I want to be a fisher of men. Give me that passion again, God, to go find lost people. Or maybe it's the feeding element. Maybe you love being around people who are lost. You're like, I'm always around lost people. But when I'm there, I have nothing to feed them. I'm around them, but they don't even, they've never met Jesus through me. I've never spoke the name. So maybe for you, finding is easy, but you don't have anything to feed them because whatever, there could be a hundred reasons. But I would challenge you, just practice the presence of God. So you have something to feed them. So maybe you need to respond that way. God, just give me more of you so I can, whatever you do in me, I, you want to do through me. And so please, Lord, just teach me more so I can feed people well your truths. Or maybe the fight for. Maybe you've given up on someone. Maybe they, like my mom, maybe there's been two years of someone in your life, they just constantly are walking away from God. And you've given up the fight for mentality. And maybe God didn't want you to. Because he's using your prayers to bless them, to encourage them, to change their life. And you just need to stay strong. Maybe that's something you need to hear. And you need that fight for mentality. So those are the three ways to respond. Or maybe you're just saying at the beginning, when we talked about, real briefly, Acts 1-8, but needing the power of the Holy Spirit. And maybe you're going, I, I want to live missions in my own backyard, and I know I need God's power. I just want to ask for that. Now, here's the deal. You guys can start praying. I kept looking up at practice. I was praying. Then I look up, praying, looking. Every time I did, like this worship team grew. It got bigger. More people were on stage. It's an amazing team. I don't want to just do this to, to spend time because you guys are good musicians. I want to encourage an atmosphere where they can respond to God. And so I'm going to ask Pastor Seth and Pastor Brian, if you guys just want to be available, I know this might be a little different, but I believe that responding to God is huge. So we're going to take the next five minutes. If anyone would want to, if you want to respond in a way where you're moving, so I'm going to have everyone stand up. These guys are open to pray for you. Find, feed, fight for. Hey, Brian. Man, I'm, I want more of a heart to find lost people. Okay, that's what I share with Brian. And I, I'm going to come up and he's going to pray for me. Okay, so it's really that easy. But I think a physical response sometimes is super powerful and really important. Seth, I, I just, I know I need the power of the Holy Spirit. I'm trying to witness and it's all in my flesh. Can't do it anymore, man. Can you just pray that I would have the power of the Holy Spirit? Seth will pray. So that's how we want to respond. If it's new for you, maybe you're a little nervous, like I don't want to respond that way. That's that's weird, cheesy. I just I think God honors that. Not that He can't meet you there either, but I want to open that up and respond that way. Sound good? So these guys are gonna sing. Remain standing for just a little bit. I'll kind of close this up. But let's take a few minutes. Let's see what God wants to do. Father, in this moment, we respond to you. If we need to come and just be prayed for, Lord, that's powerful and good. And so find, feed, and fight for, Lord, wherever there's lack, wherever we need more, uh, Lord, just motivation, one of these areas. We pray for that now. We pray that over each other.
Father, as we continue just to pray for each other and we lift up this idea of find, feed, and fight for the lost lambs of God. Thank you for responses that have happened and responses that will continue to happen. God, we trust and believe that as we move closer to you, you draw near to us. So we do that in our hearts and our minds right now. We draw near to you. I know there's a heartbeat in this church, God, that would say, send me on mission. God, give me as a missionary to my backyard. Thank you for that heartbeat. God bless it. What are you doing in Glasgow, Montana, Jesus? We just want to join you. We want to be involved in finding people. We want to be involved in feeding them a great table of spiritual food as we practice the presence of God. We have the bread of life to give them. We seek to introduce people to you, Jesus. And God, the fight for mentality. You fought for me on the cross, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. You fought for me on the cross. You want me to fight for others, for their walk with you, for their knowledge of you, for their decision of Jesus. You want me to fight for people who are struggling with sin or addictions. We fight for Help us continue to respond to you, Jesus, both as individuals, but also as Glasgow Evangelical Church, that as a body, as a family of believers, they would respond to you together. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us again for another sermon of the GEC podcast. Connect with us at glasgowec.com or every Sunday morning at 10 here in Glasgow, Montana. If you enjoyed this podcast, we'd love for you to subscribe, rate, and give a review on iTunes because this helps us share the word with more people. See you next week.